from RF Smart. This is Taking Inventory, a podcast all about better controlling your supply chain and improving inventory management. And now, your host, Sarah Archer. Welcome back to Taking Inventory, the RF Smart podcast. I am your host, Sarah Archer, and on this podcast, we talk about warehouses. Um, and today, we're going to still do that, but we're instead of talking about ERPs and WMSs and other three-letter acronyms that we usually talk about, we're going to talk about how strong company values can actually improve the culture of your warehouse. And so, what are values? We're going to get to that in a moment, but first, I want to introduce today's guests. We have Aaron and Kyle here in the studio with me in Jacksonville, but between the two of them, they've worked with hundreds of RF Smart customers and RF Smart employees, and they're going to talk to us a little bit about the culture that we have at RF Smart, as well as some takeaways that you can implement in your facility today. And so, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and tell you all sorts of interesting things about them. Erin, do you want to introduce yourself? Give us a yes, fun fact. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Thank you, Sarah. My name is Erin Ellinger. I uh, I joined the company 12 years ago. I was living in Cincinnati, Ohio at the time, and I joined the company as a salesperson, believe it or not. Um, after two years, I relocated to Jacksonville, Florida in 2010. Uh, took on a different role. I was actually helping to run our professional services group, so I moved from sales into professional services and did that for five years, and then I transitioned into my current role. So it, it's kind of like... I think I've finally figured out a role that I'm good at, I guess I would say. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't apparently sales. It wasn't apparently services. I am the vice president of people. And uh, that is an interesting and fun title that I made up for myself. Uh, <laughs> I didn't it, know you made it up for yes, yourself. Yes, I did. I did, actually. Um, we did not have that role. And so our CEO, Michael, said, uh, it sounds interesting what you're saying you want to do what should we call you? And I said, how about VP of people? And so that, that was fun. So I'm responsible for talent acquisition, for training and development, for culture and engagement, all of the awesome, fun, people-related strategic HR activities of the company. Uh, and I love what I do. I love the company and uh, I love working with people. Uh, one interesting thing about myself that uh, some people know, but not everybody knows, is that I am the lead singer and keyboardist in a rock cover band. And so... Uh, They're very good. It, I've seen them. It's a lot of fun. It's a great hobby. Um, after being a classically trained pianist for the majority of my life, I never dreamed that I would be singing Guns N' Roses or ACDC <laughs> in front of uh, crowds at restaurants in Jacksonville. But it's been a, a fun, fun thing. That's very cool. And like I said, they're very good. What's the name of your band in case people oh, want to check them out? Podcast plug. Yep. Second Opinion. So you can uh, check us out on Facebook, Second Opinion Jacks. All right. Not Thank sponsored. You. Second Opinion Jacks. Check them out. Well, Aaron, that's exciting. I did not know about that you um, used to be in sales. So you've really worked with a lot of different I, customers. I have. I have. Yeah. Several this of our Midwest Customers are still with us. It's fun for me to hear from 12 years ago some of the customers that I helped to uh, to bring into the RF Smart family. So speaking of customers, Kyle's here too. Kyle, tell us about yourself. You work with a lot of customers. Yes, I do. I uh, my name's Kyle Guthrie. I've been with the company about eight years now. I um, started back as a project manager and was very close to the customers. I was involved in a lot of the projects and a lot of the go lives and right into the operations of essentially what we do at RSmart, smart helping our customers get the product live and get a stable uh, implementation going. 
Um, but now I'm overseeing the whole uh, services and support team for our on-premise uh, side of our business. And uh, I've got quite a few consultants, a few uh, technical developers, and a lot of really talented people working for me that makes it all come together. I'd love to say it's because of me, but it's it's not. i got got a lot of smart people working for me, which is great. And um, I guess my uh, I've got two fun pieces of trivia about me. One is I don't sing in a cover band. <laughs> so this is very you interesting. Could if you wanted to. Yes, if I wanted to, I really could. Um, and yes, Aaron's band is, is great. And uh, I am a twin. A lot of people don't know I have a twin brother, um, but I'm a fraternal twin. So um, if you walked in right now, you would not recognize my twin <laughs> no, brother. You would brother. think he was Aaron's brother probably, but uh, we're very different uh, in the way we look and a lot of times the way that we act. What is a value? Um, so I think it's important that we define value so you guys know what we're talking about because um, that term could mean different things for different people. Um, so I'm going to use the definition of value from a book that our women's development team actually just read at RF Smart, And uh, we did a book study on the book Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And so according to Dare to Lead, uh, a value is a way of being or believing that we hold most important, uh, which I think is so true for RF Smart, uh, what value means to us there. And so living into our values means that we do more than just profess our values. We practice them. We walk the walk and we talk the talk and we're clear about what we believe and hold important. And then we take care that our intentions, words, thoughts, and behaviors align with those beliefs. And so Aaron, I'm going to kick it over to you because you you can talk a little bit about how the values came to be. Um, And I think that this story is relatable because just up until just a few years ago, we really did not have company values that were written down. So some of our customers may be in the same boat and might want to know, what is, what's the origin? Where did this come from? Yeah, fantastic. Thank you, Sarah. So I love talking about our values. And so um, I'm excited to, uh, to dig in on this. So that is true. Up until probably eight years ago, we were a valueless company. I'm just kidding about that. (laughs) Actually, we had values, but you're right. We had never written them down. So when I joined the company 12 years ago, um, every business card that was printed, if you flipped it over, it did have some value statements on there. There were three statements. And so our company was founded back in 1982 by Jorge Morales, and he was very clear that that we had values. They were, you know, customers first, focus on your team members and on your employee experience and profits will take care of themselves. And so that was very clear to me when I joined the company, but that was it. We did not have a mission statement. We did not have our current values. And so those um, statements kind of guided us, but we didn't really talk about them that much. They were just kind of there and, and you knew it was important. Uh, about eight years ago, uh, and, and believe it or not, this happened in a minivan on, uh, on I, 75, 75 yep. heading up to... Uh, Were you in the minivan, tank. Kyle? I heard the story. I was in a plane over the minivan headed yeah. to Jacksonville. So oh, it's gotcha. a long okay. story. Yeah. He, he wishes <laughs> he was in there, but uh, no. So, yeah, so we were on I-75. There's, I think, six of us in a minivan heading up to a conference. And we were just talking about the business. And we were talking about some things that several of us had been kind of pondering, you know, should we have a mission statement? Why does the company exist? What are we doing? What's the long-term play? I mean, just a lot of uh, kind of existential type business questions. And um, we started saying, yeah, we, we should have a mission statement. We should have something that creates some focus that allows us to be clear about who we are, what we're doing. And we started playing around with different um, things. And 
my experience prior to joining RF Smart was the companies that I had worked for had really, really, really lovely mission statements that I could never remember, but they looked great on a wall. They were a little dusty, probably on top of the uh, the frame. And I had no idea. I couldn't tell you what any one of them is for any company I've ever worked for, but they were really nice. They were really nice. I'm sure somebody worked hard on them. We were dedicated to not doing that. And so we said, what if it was a one-sentence easy to remember mission. And so we ended up saying we exist to transform our customers and change lives. So I'm excited to say that mission has not changed since that time. And I'm pretty confident. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? I think every one of our employees would say they could say it for verbatim, right? Everybody well, knows that, yep. that mission. We talk about it quite a bit. Yeah. I feel like if you walked down the hall, RF Smart and just were like, what's the mission? They would, you know, somebody would be able to tell you That's because right. it's, yeah. it's, and it's, up there too. It's on the wall. We know it. Yeah, we take it seriously. Yeah. Even as we're doing our talking about our corporate goals today in a, in a meeting today, it was about how are we transforming customers? How are we changing lives? So those things. Do. So so that's the mission. But that's different than the values, which is really what we're here to talk about. But the values uh, are derived directly from the mission. And so um, what came next was this effort of okay, that's great, that's fine, that's our mission, but how do we govern kind of how we behave or, or as you said earlier, what do we believe? How do we want to be, how do we want to behave around each other? And so um, we, we got the leadership team together at that time. Actually we, we went off site and um, kind of got away from everything. We spent like several hours, like it was a, it was like an afternoon, I think talking about what's the company we want to be. Let's think future. Let's think now. Who are we? What do we want to be? We started brainstorming. We came up with um, like tons, like dozens of great ideas. And so we started to then kind of shorten the list and winnow it down. And we ended up with eight value statements at the time. And um, that was kind of the genesis. And, and so again, that was about eight years ago. And um, since that time, we've made some adjustments, but we came up with these eight statements. We launched them to the company. They were very well received. Um, and so that was kind of the, the history. So, okay, so you said that you all went off site. You kind of looked and said, you know, what, uh, what are common themes? How did you decide, okay, these are the ones? Yeah, yeah. So um, if kind of like a brainstorming exercise. We had all these concepts and then we broke into smaller groups and we started to say, well, which ones seem to connect with you? Some of them were very similar, just different words for the same type of thought. You know, if you think about, um, you know, customer focused statements, you know, are we talking about customer success or customer experience or, you know, customer satisfaction? So some of them were grouped that way. Others seemed more important to maybe a, a just a smaller portion of the leaders that were there. So we were really looking for the statements and the value statements that seemed to connect with almost everybody in the room that really felt like things that would guide us to become the company that we wanted to be. And once we, we kind of took it at that look, it, it really actually wasn't that hard. It, it was pretty easy to get down to a, a short list that seemed really compelling. So I think now you've got to tell us, what are the values? Well, <laughs> so so one more piece. Let me. So that was eight. Let mm -hmm. me tell you. So we have five values right now. So, so about three or four years ago, I think four years ago, mm -hmm. we did a refresh. And so the reason we did a refresh is because uh, – to be honest, uh, most people couldn't remember all eight values. I think I was the only eight person in the company mm. that could, I, I'd say like, what are the values? And most people or, or teams could come up with six or seven. Nobody come up with eight. And I said, I think it's too long a list. So so what we did 
we didn't say, well, these, you know, let's pick three that, you know, aren't important to us anymore. We really tried to refresh the values and kind of combine them. And so we ended up with five value statements. Um, and I'm happy to say most people can remember five. And so most of the times when I challenge people or ask people uh, to tell me our values or to talk about our values, they seem a little bit more memorable. So should we try now? Should Kyle and I try I, to do all I five think of so. them? I think so. So, I mean, what do you, what do you say? So Kyle? there is a number one value, which is crazy, crazy for, for our, our customers. customers. That's right. Easy to do business with. That's right. We fire bullets before cannonballs. That's three. Uh, we have your back. We have your Number back. Four. We have your back. Ever expanding impact. And see, like that. You just proved it out. Nice. There's no papers on the table. No, that's saying yeah. This that does was, not say that. That was right off the top of our heads. Right. Go nice us. Job. That was see? good. Well done. Well done. So, so yeah. So crazy for our customers. Easy to do business with. We have your back. We fire bullets before cannonballs, and ever expanding impact. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that first, uh, that first bullet being crazy for our customers. Uh, what does that mean to you guys? What, is, what does it mean to be crazy for our customers? Yeah, well, first of all, let me point out, so it's our first value for a reason. So we, we are deliberate in that. That is our top value. And that's um, in some ways uh, an homage to when you flipped over that business card, our first value listed there was customers. So um, we have that historical context and it's a message to ourselves that we want to take care of customers as our top priority. So what we say when we say crazy for our customers, the phrase that we use to kind of challenge or, or explain what that means is what are we doing to delight and surprise our customers? So I think almost every company has a value around customer satisfaction or customer delight has been a, a term that's been popular lately. We like to throw in the word surprise. And so uh, when I explain that to people, I, I always want to be clear, it's surprise in a good way because, you know, you could surprise a customer in a way that's maybe not so good. <laughs> that's not what we're going for. So we want to delight and surprise our customers. And so um, I'm going to let Kyle give some great stories around that. One other thing I, I do want to mention, though, is the idea of being crazy seems to connect with people. Um, I mentioned earlier that I am in a band and we do perform crazy train. And therefore, when we came up with the training program for our newer hires, <laughs> we call it crazy training. And uh, so just another fun fact there. It all so ties together. It, it does. It all comes together. Yeah. So we do train. We have a, a specific class for every one of our new team members where we talk about what does it look like to be crazy for our customers and what are examples and how do we want you to behave and so forth. So we take this really seriously and we celebrate stories when we do see our team members doing things that are crazy. And so I think that's a really good segue into talking, telling some crazy stories about um, some crazy, some ways that we've been crazy for our customers. And for those of you who are listening, um, you know, maybe this resonates with you. Maybe the smart team, you had a similar experience um, and maybe you're thinking, OK, well, you know, what are things that we could do to be crazy for our customers? Right. At the end of the day, it's always about our customers. Right. For our smart, it is for our customers. It's about their customers. And so, Kyle, You've done a lot of implementations, and so I was wondering if you've got some stories to share about delighting and surprising our customers. I definitely have some stories. There's no doubt about that. The good news is, is uh, it's not hard to find these stories. They're they're all over the place. Sometimes we we kid ourselves, like man, it just seems like we give out a tons of awards to our own employees and internal things for just stuff that 
is not typically normal at other organizations. This is not my first place I've worked and I've been at other companies and that gave out awards, but they were definitely different than the ones that we, uh, we don't have to look hard to give out the awards to uh, team members in our consulting groups, but it's across the board, whether it's our products teams, our services teams and our support teams, they're all doing unique things that are different than what you typically see in other organizations. Um, you know, one of the examples that comes to my mind just as I think about it is, you know, we have an unusual world we're all living in right now and we've got COVID going on. We have a customer that's been a customer for five, six years, and they actually ship the uh, science goods that students need to the schools so they can do science projects within the school. So for as long as this company has been around, this is their core business and they've shipped them directly to the schools. And that seems perfectly normal. Well, now a lot of children and students aren't in the schools, so they've had to come up with a different strategy. Well, they reached out to uh, our employees and to our managers and such and got one of our experts on a call and talked about it for quite a few hours and got on a couple other different calls, but helped solve this challenge that for their business was critical. Uh, in these times, they can't, they can't function. They could not operate without trying to understand how to solve this problem. So fortunately, we have a consultant on our team that's very experienced in this area and uh, spent a lot of time with them. And fortunately, they're now, they've solved this problem. So they're able to ship goods directly to students as well as some to the schools because there's some hybrid models going on. There's all kinds of different scenarios that none of us would have thought have been, would have been going on uh, 12 months ago. And uh, here we are. So for them, it was a critical situation that obviously um, we we're fortunate enough to help them solve. You know, you're not the, that's not the first story I've heard, especially with COVID and the pandemic where our customers have had to pivot really quickly and say, okay, well, actually we're going to manufacture PPE or we're going to add something to our inventory because we, you know, we need to sell something else. We, how can we help? And like, I think one of the things that is part of that being crazy for our customers and that really kind of elevates the RF Smart team is just that we we can be those trusted supply chain advisors. Um, and when our customers have an issue, they're like, who can we go to RF Smart? And so really establishing ourselves as, you know, we've got your back, we know how we can help you, um, I think is just really kind of world changing sometimes. Sure. And then a lot of the people that are on our teams, consulting and support, you know, we hear often from customers and, and folks out there that say, you know, you know, such and such person knew more about our ERP than others. And we were shocked to know that they knew, you know, not just something about our smart. They were well-versed and well-rounded and knew everything about the warehouse as well as how our ERP works. So that's pretty powerful out there because we bring a, a, a lot of different talents in different areas. And if we don't have that one individual that's working on your project today, I'm sure there's somebody in the organization that can help solve one of the problems that you might have. So we do a lot of that stuff by using multiple resources across different areas to help solve stuff. So yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to have the talent to, to be able to pull that off, but I you're think, right. I think that gets to the surprise piece, right? So yeah. customers are expecting us to know our product, right? That's, that's, that's the delight side. But when we show up and we know our product as well as their product, as well as how to challenge their business processes or come up with ways to pivot on a dime, like you talked about, that's where the surprise piece comes on. That's what's crazy. Well, and I, I think too, um, I, I think you're spot on with it being a, a delight or a surprise, but just the, the idea that, um, we have 
they're back in this. And so um, I, I kind of want to ask you, Aaron, because I know that you talk to a lot of customers um, and you talk to them on go live calls and, and as they're doing those go lives, you know, those implementations can be really, there's a lot going on, Kyle, you know, <laughs> there's a lot going on in those implementations and we're able to s- delight and surprise them. Is there anything that you've heard on those calls that you yeah. want to share? Yeah. So first of all, just to explain what we do, because even that process, we've had customers tell us surprises them in a positive way. So um, we have um, six executives that that run the R of Smart Business. And as our customers go live, we essentially rotate through that group to call the customer, usually about three to six months after they've gone live. So the last thing we want to do is call them like the day after because there's <laughs> a little, little bit going on. So we, we wait for the stabilization to occur. And then we call them. And so every week or two, I'm on the phone with a customer asking them great questions like, you know, hey, how was your experience? What do you think of our product? What do you think of our people? Um, you know, what's your overall experience with us as our smart? And so I, I hear consistent themes. I hear um, lots of things about, um, you know, wow, as Kyle said earlier, the quality of your people. You know, it's, it's so often about the people that, that they're interacting with. Um, you know, they understood our business. They were able to push back. So lots of positive things. We hear a lot of really great things about our product as well. It's so easy to use. Um, I was just talking to a customer earlier this week. I said, what do you think of our product? And she said, I love the product. We didn't even have to train our users. We just handed it to them and they figured it out. And so, you know, how intuitive that type of product is. And she said, that saved us a ton of time. I'm not worried about when we hire new people. She goes, to be honest, I was a little surprised. I was expecting it was going to be more complex. And anytime I hear somebody say I was a little surprised, I, you know, give my, <laughs> you know, give a little cheer. So, um, so that's, and then I would say more than half the time I'm finishing those executive calls, the person says, this is, this is, I don't get calls like this from other partners. It's kind of surprising, but I, I really enjoyed it. And I feel like you, you care, like you take it seriously. Like I, I feel like you're actually going to do something with the feedback. So to me, that's another example of us, you know, delighting and surprising them. I think there's a couple of takeaways, right. From our, for our customers. The first is that you can delight, surprise, be crazy for your customers just by having team members who are established and are getting the training that they need in order to serve your customers at the highest level. And then also taking the time to get feedback and then act on it, um, I think is another great way that you, those of you listening can be crazy for your customers as well. Kyle, I, I know you've got a you've got a lot of stories. You've got to tell us some more about delighting and surprising some customers. Yeah, as you guys are talking, my mind just keeps thinking of all these other ones, and uh, I can't tell all the stories. You just don't have enough time. Tell us today. <laughs> tell us fifty. No, I well, <laughs> I probably could. Don't tempt me. But um, you know, sitting here listening to some of those things, you know, we have. I'd love to tell you that consulting in our business is a nine to five job, but for our consultants, it's just not. Um, and a lot of them that definitely have been in the business or have come into the business, learn that quickly that we have a lot of uh, different situations that pop up and things like that to happen. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, traveling is very complex right now and challenging and it's not for everybody. And we had one of our larger customers uh, in the Midwest go live. Uh, the time to go live, of course, was sometime, uh, I think it was April. And, uh, the team, you know, we had to ask, so, okay, here's, here's one of those key moments. Are everybody, are you guys willing to travel? I mean, cause it sounds like we're going to have to travel and go on site. And when I asked, I expected to get, 
uh, no, I can't. There's no way I can travel. And everybody involved in the project without hesitation said, you know what? I need to be there. The customer needs me and I get it. We'll figure it out and we'll be fine. And uh, they booked their tickets and we watched things closely to monitor it for them. But at the end of the day, um, to have a team that's willing to just do those types of things, it goes back to they surprised me and they you know, didn't put the customer under a situation that created stress for them because they had a bunch of other things going on to get ready for the go live. And it was critical to have definitely three or four of the folks that were involved there in person, because if they wouldn't have had them there, um, although zoom and we're learning how to do those things better, it still would not have been ideal to see it in person. And then it, you know, those, it's quite a large project. And then just the dedication the team has given after hours, they're open from 10 to early in the morning because they're shipping out goods and all these, you know, crazy things we know are going on out there. And, um, you know, the team has just done miraculous work for that. And that's not something that's, although that's crazy and that's crazy for our customers. I'd love to tell you that's the only time we've ever done that, but I can name numerous projects where team members have done crazy stuff like that, that our customers, I think a lot of times are, are shocked. Well, and it's, it's their relationships too, especially on your team. You know, I, I talk to a lot of customers and one of the things that I think is always interesting is that they usually, they can name their account executive. They can name their business analyst. They know who they're working with. Right. And so I think for those of you listening, a takeaway here is, you know, if you're manufacturing or distributing, you probably don't know every single customer, right. That that's buying your product, but there are moments where you can really step up and create those relationships. And that's how you become crazy for your customers and, and forming those relationships and, you know, taking the time to step up and be there in a moment when, when your customer needs you, I think is really vital and important. No, it's, it's, it's key uh, to a lot of our relationships with our customers and our partners, but the trust factor with a lot of it is, is really at the heart of it because once we get engaged and you get that deep into some of these very large, complex projects, no matter what, um, trust becomes very important about some of these big decisions that are being made. And it's just to see that kind of happen naturally is, is really awesome. And it's, it's rare that I'd love to tell you all of our projects are perfect and we never have any issues and uh, we don't have any areas where we got to fix something. Um, The beauty is how we recover from those things and it happens quickly with our teams. And uh, we're very fortunate to have those folks. Yeah. I, I want to comment on, on what you just said there, because I think it's important being crazy for our customers does not mean not making mistakes, right? And so I think we're very realistic and, and we're, uh, we own the mistakes that we make. And I like what you said there, Kyle, it's about recovering. And so when we work with customers, I, Kyle's never been involved in a project. I've never been involved with a project that didn't have issues. Right? Yeah. They have issues. It's not a matter of trying to avoid it. The question is, how do we work through those issues? And that's where we see the partnership, you know, going back to what you said, Sarah, with the relationship when we have that relationship and there's a trusted relationship, we work through those issues. And, and that's, I think, a, a big surprise as well at the end to see those relationships coming together. We work through the issues and we have a big success. And I mean, these are really great examples of being crazy for our customers. These are really great stories about times that we've been able to go above and beyond. And I, I want to talk about a couple of things here before we wrap up, the first one is, you know, how does this benefit our customers, right? They're hearing the stories of ways that we're able to help our, you know, other customers, or maybe they've experienced that. But when we do crazy things to help them succeed, how does that affect our customers? 
Well, one thing it definitely does, it stabilizes just their entire business. I mean, it's a big decision. So when they even make the decision to take our smart along with them, it's critical that they know that we have the consultants that can handle it, that are dedicated, that are crazy for them, that are going to do just about anything to be able to make sure their implementation goes well. But the values and the things that Aaron talked about earlier, in my mind, it all ties together because of those. That's why we are that way, because we all want to make sure that we have not only each other's back, but also our customers back. And that, you know, when you pick up the phone or you're in a difficult situation that we want to be easy to do business with. And that sounds easy, but it's not. It's really hard when things are tense and stress in a project. And I think for the most part, all of our customers know that at the heart and core of it all, that that's really what our smarts about is that we're going to, like Aaron said, there's going to be some challenges along the way. There's going to be some uh, hiccups and things. And it's, it's how you deal with those things that really show the true colors of people and companies. And I think at our smart, that makes us unique. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think about my experience. I want to work with customers, I'm sorry, with companies who I can tell the people enjoy working there and that, that they have a cool culture. Like I'm drawn to that. And so I think companies are the same way. So I think there's a value for our customers to work with us. Then they know that we're a, a missional, we're a value-driven company. Um, hopefully they, they see that delight and so they are surprised and they can see the value there as well. But yeah, I think it's a consistency thing. We, we are serious about all of our team members behaving this way. So it's not like, oh, well, these team members are crazy for their customers. Maybe the next ones will be, you know, hopefully it's a very consistent experience. One other thing that just popped into my mind of, a, of an actionable thing for customers listening today is think about crazy for your customers. So here's my suggestion. Go find um, five or six people who interact directly with your customers today. So whatever that looks like for, for your business model, get them in a room and ask them the question that says, if money were no object and you could do something in your normal day-to-day job that would delight and surprise the customers that you work with and just like they would be wild fans, let's just come up with some ideas and just get them brainstorming. I bet when you, when you what I've learned for me, I don't come up with great ideas. It's the people that are interacting with customers. Get them in a room. I bet you'll come up with a dozen ideas that you could take action on where you could immediately start changing you know, that perception of the customers that you were delighting and surprising them. Aaron, I think that that is a perfect action item for those who are listening. Um, and if you're listening today and you want to hear more about RF Smart's values, if you want to take a closer look about what that looks like, I'm going to leave a link for you so you can look at it on our website and have just kind of direct access there. If you're looking for um, next steps in in ideas of how you can create these values, I'm also going to leave a resource from HubSpot, which is a company that our marketing team partners with. Um, and that can help you in determining what some of those values might be. Um, as always, make sure that you are subscribed so that you can be up to date on new episodes being released. And if you have questions, you can always visit our website. You can email us at info at rfsmart.com. Erin and Kyle, thank you so much for being here today. I hope so much that our customers can take away and walk away with something that um, delights and surprises their customers and their teams as well. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Glad Sarah. to be here. Thanks, guys.